reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for whom he still burns. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. She's all alone. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And we've got ourselves a mailbag podcast. Got a lot of good questions coming off of the Giants' loss to the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. But as Brian Dable said to the team on Monday morning, Justin, the season starts now. Mm. The Cowboys are the five seed. We are the six seed at seven and four or four. And the seven seed commanders are seven and five. And then you have the six and five Seahawks. Beat the commanders. Beat the commanders. And everything kind of gets back on track with this season. Justin, how are you? Hey, Bobby Skinner. Uh, I really have liked how Brian Dable and, and staff. And it seems like the team have kind of kept like a very much week to week thought process on the season. You're not going to get too high. You're not going to get too low. But, you know, we are we're going to be in December. The Giants are playing their first December game of the season this Sunday. So there does come a point where it's like, yeah, you know, these games in December certainly mean a lot more than they do in September. And it also kind of hit me, too, as I'm watching I'm watching, you know, teams like the, you know, the 49ers, the Bengals, you know, celebrate wins on Sunday. And then you have teams like the Ravens, the Titans, you know, the Jets, you know, are celebrating like, you know, they're Super Bowl contenders as well. What do all those teams have in common with the Giants, Bobby, that I just named? Tell me. They're all seven and four. We are all seven and four. And all those teams, I mean, especially the Ravens, the 49ers, the Bengals and the Titans, all seven and four teams that have aspirations that are higher and they're they're looking forward to the postseason. So I know the Giants are in this weird spot right now and Giants fans are kind of very, very low on this team. But I want to keep the perspective that this has been an awesome season and it kind of like Brian Dable said and like you said to start the show, it kind of does start again on Sunday, depending on what they can do. No doubt. And listen, they went six and one. And then these last four games, they have went one and three. So seven and four, if we, will we all sign for seven and four? Absolutely. But now that we've seen like coaching in play, um, you know, pl- some players might, should be coming back from injury. I do, I am like in the short term, like we got to beat the commanders. Like I'm not sitting here being like, I can't believe we lost to Dallas. That's unacceptable. But let's beat the commanders. We got, we got just as much talent on our roster as they do on theirs. Yep. You know, they may have it in some, you know, they have guys like Terry McLaurin. They have some good, they definitely have good players, but we got, we've got some good players too. Um, and there's a clear coaching advantage. And there should be a clear quarterback advantage too. Yep. So, so I, I want to win this game. Like, I think this is, the expectation should be to win this game. Was the Cowboys, it was like, you know, everyone's against us, you know, people predicting us to lose by 20 points. This is like, let's, let's beat the commanders at home legacy game. Um, You'll be there. You're undefeated. 
And I'm undefeated. We're going to have our tailgate L16 on the curb. We're going to have free food. Come have a good time. We will be uh, there bright and early. Um, Justin, you got anything before we get into this mailbag pod? No, buy your tickets. Um, <clears throat> you know, this, it's not just a huge game that Bobby and I are going to be there. And the Candlewick Diner is going to be catering. Christiana Tain is going to be there. Um, we got to text uh, LPG Joe Rubeck and remind him to to show up. So he'll, so he'll certainly be there. It's not just going to be big because of that, but this is a just a big Giants game. This is a big Giants game to be at, and you're going to want to be at it. And I think the weather's looking pretty solid right now, but Danny King will tell us about that on Friday. So get your tickets. Come Season hang out with us. starts now. This episode was brought to you by some special special people. Severin Liker. He's been sever- he's, he would sever off his limb for a win on Sunday. Mm, Severin's bad. Grass man. He's just a man of grass. Um, He's not the tree man. He's the grass man. James Sosinski. What up, baby? Fernando Oviedo. Justin, what high school did Blake Borders go to? One, two, three. Oviedo High School. Mm. Mark Davitt. He's got to have it. Nick R. And the R stands for returning to victories. New York Giants. And then Taylor Collier, who is just as fancy as they get. Justin, who are these people? These wonderful people went to patreon.com slash talking giants. Two hours a month plus some other tiers. You get, to, you get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. Bobby Skinner and I will be coming to you from the warehouse, the John Boy Media Warehouse in Jersey City on Sunday. So that's where we'll be chatting with the Patreon members. Bobby Skinner will also send you some stickers, magnets in the mail, and you also have an opportunity to win some shirt raffles uh, twice a month. Uh, quick note, I went to the Iron Bowl. Insane, awesome atmosphere. Um, it was my first college game that I went to outside of going to Rutgers, which I guess that does that really even count? Rutgers was exciting like 10 years ago, but Iron Bowl was absolutely awesome. Well, like 15, I, 20. It was, <laughs> it was 42, 21 and Alabama fans were still all on their feet on, on a third and five, you know, screaming their heads off for, for Alabama to get a third down stop. So it was absolutely awesome. Uh, it's insane how much time Bryce Young has in the pocket. Saw some saw some guys that maybe I hoped can go to the Senior Bowl, and and I'll be and I'll be excited to watch in Mobile in a couple months. I cannot wait to go back to Alabama. Alabama, right around the corner. Take it away, Steve. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on, bye guys. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. First question, you have, is that a new hoodie? And is that our old hoodie with the old logo that's not very well done on it? It's or is- the old, the old hoodie. But did you buy it recently? Because no. it looks brand new. No, I just haven't worn it in a while. I'm going to be, I haven't worn it because... It got small on me when I was bigger, and now that I'm smaller, it 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 fits me. It fits me better. So that was the I'm logo wearing. when we joined John Boy Media. That John Boy like did in 45 minutes, <laughs> um, when like we were the first show on John Boy Media. <laughs> besides, you know, talking Yanks. Look at that. All right, first question. Little history. Joey Mo- Joey Mooney. Do you think Ben Bredesen, Nick Gates, and Josh Azudu should be the starting interior three? Going forward, and how much of an upgrade do you think they are over Lemieux, Feliciano, and Glowinski? Absolutely. Justin, let's start with Nick Gates. Because that was the... When I went to go... I I was a little delayed in watching film this week because my brother got married. The first thing I went to go watch, Justin, was 
Let's watch Nick Gates. Let's go. Let's go see how Nick Gates performed. He is so much clearly better than John Feliciano. It's not even funny. Um, he in the run game, he is physical. He had pan. He had like five pancakes in this game. Uh, he gets to his. He works angles really well. The big, you know, Saquon's best run was off of a Nick Gates pull. So in the run game, it is clear cut. Much better than Feliciano. And in the pass game, I think it's better too. He did have some bad pass pro reps. Um, not like quick initial losses, but he did have some... His worst one was the last play of the game. Bet He's better in pass pro than John Feliciano. And he has more potential in pass pro just because of his body and his athleticism. Uh, and then guess what? Does he fit the dirtbag mentality that Bobby Johnson <laughs> looks for? You know, that yeah. he talks so much about John Feliciano? Nick Gates should absolutely be the starting center for this New York Giants team. And this is... Like, this is to the, if this doesn't happen, we riot type stuff. Like, where you will, I will bitch and moan all day long about why isn't he starting, even though this Commander's game is going to be tough. That's it. This Commander's game is about as tough as a matchup as you could get for an uh, interior offensive lineman. I mean, I think that might be the reason why Nick Gates needs to play even more. <clears throat> because you're going to have Deron Payne, because you're going to have Jonathan, Jonathan Allen. Allen. You know, you're going to have those two, you know, there's even, um, my guy, uh, from Arkansas. Why Ridgeway. Am I John Ridgeway. John Ridgeway. He's been and, playing well for them. And Fedarian Mathis. Uh, the, <laughs> those are four interior defensive linemen who are awesome. It's actually should be illegal for Washington to have that interior defensive lineman. How did Ridgeway get cut? It didn't make no sense to me. Yeah, for the Cowboys. Uh, I, I don't know how that happened. They must have just had too many numbers. And then Washington, and then Washington you know, the, the rich get richer at that spot. But anyway, you know, I, I think that's even more of a reason if, you know, Feliciano and Gates are both healthy, that's even more of a reason that Gates should play. You know, hey, he may not have his best game because Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen are two of the best, you know, interior guys in the league. But, you know, Nick Gates is a better football player. And I think the run game will operate a lot better. And I think him, you know, being an anchor um, up front is extremely valuable when this offense is just desperate for, throwing the ball down the field, and they really can't do it on any consistent basis, whether that is because of the old line, the wide receivers, whatever. Um, Nick Gates can be part of the answer on how this Giants running game can get fixed and how the pass blocking can get more shored up. Yeah, absolutely. So Nick Gates has to be starting center. And then, so Bredesen uh, was designated to return this week. Maybe Azudu gets healthy. Bredesen has to play, whether that's at left guard or right guard. You know, and, and my eye test back, you know, is, is a huge part of that. But also, the numbers back it up. You know, in pass blocking, you know, Bredesen is allowing a sack, hit, or pressure one in every 36 pass pro reps. Glowinski is one in every 17. Azudu is one in 11. Um, and then Azudu and Glowinski have both given up three sacks. Bredesen zero. Obviously, Bredesen is coming back off injury. Uh, which might be the biggest, you know, we talk about Shane Lemieux injury issues. Bredesen's been hurt a lot too in his career. He yeah. didn't get brought up a lot in the last season, but he did get hurt like a, a few times. Um, but Bredesen has to start. And then I would prefer that Azudu, I think what he's done the last month and and relief of Bredesen is enough to be like, all right, we can let this guy come and play. And it's not a total like destruction of the offense. And I would like to see Bredesen at right guard. Let's let's get the youth movement going. And again, it's not like Lewinsky's just like it's not like Lewinsky's average and fans don't appreciate average. It's like no, Glinsky's playing pretty damn bad. Um, and Bredesen's better than him. And Azudu was just drafted in the third round and has, has done some good stuff in the run game and has improved in the pass, bro. 
I don't think Lewinsky goes anywhere, though. That's the I, thing. Where I, I agree I with you. I don't think so either. I don't think he goes anywhere. Yeah. It's a test, though. Like, I saw people being like, well, they did this with Galladay. And, and like we said, I think this is the... Maybe not even the biggest test for the end of this season. Because it's not, again... A zoo, like, if if they put a Zudo on the bench and start Glowinski... It's hard to totally. You can't. You can't just flat out say Azudu is the flat out better player. He should be playing. Bredesen should be playing. Um, but Azudu, you can't make that argument. Azudu's a, a draft pick that needs to develop. So that's why it makes sense to put him over Bredesen. Yeah, but Bredesen. Bredesen is so much better than both those guys that putting Bredesen on the bench would be malpractice. Okay. Like if 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 Galinsky is going to start the rest of the year and said, "All right, who starts Bredesen or Azudu? I'm going Bredesen." Okay. He helps. He helps the team win. We need the passing game to be better. Bredesen helps do that, um, you know. And he's been okay in the run game. He's not the athlete that Azu. He's not the athlete that Azudu provides in the run game. But he's been okay in the run game. Um, or, or is it even like, like we kind of just talked about Nick Gates at center lock? Is that even a lock? The fact that they trotted him out to the media um, on Monday, I think, is a good thing. You know, Nick Gates talking about being. You know the the leader of the huddle before Daniel Jones gets out there and how he's a vocal leader. I thought you know, that was kind of a good thing that the Giants trotted him out there to the media. I don't know if that has any indication on whether he's going to start on Sunday or not. Well, we don't even know how serious Feliciano's injury is. Like right. they, Feliciano could be an automatic scratch for this week, no matter what their plans were. Right. Um. So we will. We that's across that bridge when we get there. But it, it, um, it, it, we shouldn't plan. even have to cross that bridge. That decision should be have been made that Nick Gates should be the starting center for the rest of the season or we yeah. riot. No, I just wanted to throw that out there because, you know, we're talking about obviously a little bit more in depth of Glowinski, Azudu, Bredesen. But, you know, if everybody's healthy, I, I don't know if it's a if it's a slam dunk that Nick Gates should be over. I don't know if it's a slam dunk that it is Nick Gates over John Feliciano, even though it should be. There you go. That's the correct way to word that. Next question. Next question. NYG fan in Charlotte Research, Rick, since Wink's hiring, you've repeatedly said, and this is me, I, I've repeatedly said this. I've said this too because it's true. You've said, okay. He's always great against the run. Um, the Giants do not have a very good rushing defense this year. So what is the disconnection? Let's talk about that. You can read all of his stuff if you want. Yeah, yes. I mean, well, there there was even more that he brought up in a, in a reply to me as well because this is such a – I think this is such a complicated question that I don't even have the answer to. So what's the where's the disconnect on why Wink Martindale's run defenses have been good in the past and then bad this year? Um, no second run stuffing defensive end. Is it all the interior linebackers' fault? Is it injuries? Uh, and then he research Rick even goes further in a, in a reply to me. Did Joe Shane overestimate what the personnel could do? Justin Ells being bad. Did they project that DJ Davidson would be better? There's all these certain things that. that why this run defense could be bad. I want to hear your thoughts on on the on the film side of things. Well, I want to go remind people because why the reason we said, like last year, 2021, who's the number one run defense in the NFL? Wink Martindale and the Baltimore Ravens. 2020, they were eighth, even though they, were, they weren't very good in yards per carry, but they were eighth in total rushing. And then the 2019, number five rushing defense. 2018, number four rushing defense. Uh, the main thing, and I think it's the main thing by a lot, is that our linebackers just suck, and especially our Mike linebacker, whether that was Tay Crowder and or now Jalen Smith, our Mike linebackers are just bad. They are slow reading the the offense, the the run game. 
they are bad getting off of blocks. Um, and they overreact, uh, and they get killed while misdirection because they overreact. Like, I really think it's as simple as they just don't have a Mike linebacker on this roster. Like, they are very bad at that spot. Like, they, Jalen Smith was a free agent into the season this year. He didn't go to camp, and now he is the starting Mike linebacker. Um, and he's replacing Tay Crowder. Which I, th- I I honestly think Tay Crowder should be the starting Mike linebacker over Jalen Smith and then Mike McFadden, the number two. Um, and that's not a ringing endorsement of Tay Crowder. I just think I, th- I just think he's better than Jalen Smith at this point, especially at that Mike spot. If you're asking me about a will, uh, you know, the weak side, I I would probably put uh, Jalen Smith over Tay Crowder actually. Um, but I would much rather have Tay Crowder. So it's just we're bad at linebacker. Yeah, I'd agree with you that if I had to put most of my chips on one element, that it would be uh, the interior linebackers. But I also think that's it's kind of like... I think it's like their an, biggest position weakness on the team, like worse than wide receiver. It's kind of an NFL problem right now, too, because you're seeing how you know, th- there's a lot of teams that are almost every week, you know, besides this kind of this last quarter of the season, but... And almost every week so far this season, we've said this team is bad against a run. This team is bad against a run. This team is bad against a run. Um, you know, you, we're not really talking about, oh, the Giants are playing a really dominant Mike linebacker this week where this guy's just going to flow sideline to sideline or he's going to win in a phone booth and you can't get anything by him. I mean, the, we haven't we haven't played that team this year. There hasn't been, you know, I don't think there's been almost a single opponent that we've played so far this year. We're on our preview pod. We're talking about a Mike linebacker that's really, you know, holding down the fort and being a captain of a defense. Um, and also one of the main differences of, of this year's defense for Wink Martindale compared to last year's 2018, um, 30th. They were the Ravens defense was 30th in rushing attempts. So that, that's the third least. 2019, the least amount of rushing attempts against them. 2020, the third least amount of rushing attempts against them. 2021, the third least amount of rushing attempts against them. And this year, they're 17th. So teams are running the ball more against Wink Martindale's defense this year than they have in years past. And what really kind of, you know, you can you can stop at, okay, the interior linebackers are bad, Bobby, but Patrick Queen, these last couple years for the Ravens, I know he's a first-round pick. He has not been great for the Ravens either. So the Ravens have kind of had their interior linebacker questions too. But Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence are much more talented than the interior defensive linemen that they have over there. I don't think the edge rushers are that much better against the run than what the Giants have right now. Maybe they had good of, run edge setters. Uh, you know, is... Oh, oh, uh, Odafe away. Yeah, away is only there for one year. Yeah, so um, I mean, Judon's really good versus the run. I mean, they've had good run, and and they always they have rotate. They have they have depth with Baltimore Ravens. The Giants that, don't have depth. That is exactly what I was going to get to. You know, you I I do think the interior linebackers make up the crux of the problem, but when Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence are off the field, I mean, we are praying that we don't allow a run of 10, 15, 20 plus yards. We're praying. Like, that is one of the things that I look for every single Sunday when I'm, especially when I'm at MetLife, when it's easier to see things like that, who's coming off the field, who's coming on the field. When I see that one of those two guys or even both of them are off the field at the same time, I am praying that we do not see an explosive run play. Um, You know, not having Nick Williams, uh, DJ Davidson, you know, getting hurt and, you know, maybe he was even a suspect draft pick to begin with. 
Um, Justin Ellis not being good. The yeah, the third that- D lineman is usually a negative. Like the Zeke touchdown, Justin Ellis screwed it up. Yeah, you know, everyone else ass. did their job. Justin down. Ellis did screwed it up. Um, so the third D lineman is usually a negative, and you can see that in the way that the snap share that Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams are playing, and they're playing yes. more outside linebackers. And the reason, and you talk about attempts. One, the Ravens probably were having some better offensive days than the Giants, but also, um, and they ran the ball so well. Uh, the Giants are running the ball and holding the ball on offense too. So I don't want to totally dismiss that, but the Ravens were also putting up more points. But and yes. what I'm saying is Wink Martindale's defense does not invite versus the run with just the way that they line up. You know, they stack the box. Like every game, yeah. Wink Martindale's defense is stacking the box and playing with a single high yeah. safety. Um, and when talking about the depth of the interior defensive line, I think that's even more of a reason that Leonard Williams needs to somehow stick around here because – if we're talking about how bad the Giants run defense is, and one of the main culprits is the third interior defensive lineman, and Giants fans think that the think that Leonard Williams is ju- just so, you know, you know, so easily replaceable, good luck. Well, and when people talk about positional value, um, there's talking points to it, but I hate when like if you want to talk about running back, whatever. But when people like say like ah, I don't want, don't get a linebacker, don't get D lineman, I like makes my skin freaking crawl. It's like do you like they are extremely valuable to both parts of the game, yeah. run and pass. And then be like, well, this guy's not great coverage linebackers. Like, t- t- show me where all these great NFL coverage linebackers are because they <laughs> are far and few between. Like most of the time, it's just spot dropping and being smart. And if you're a really good run defending linebacker, you're usually smart enough to play your zones and pass coverage. Okay, they may not be Fred Warner, but they can drop back in coverage. The reason why Blake Martinez was never an issue for us. Uh, coverage wise it's mostly has to do with scheme so when they when the Packers had Blake Martinez playing man coverage on a slot wide receiver versus the Vikings and he gives up an 80 yard touchdown you know what maybe don't put your stack linebacker on a slot wide receiver yeah okay quite a concept um, so linebackers are the main issue third D line um and, and just teams have been able to get misdirection like our linebackers have been very bad so yeah uh, why don't you read an ad and we'll do the next question. Oh yeah, let's let's read an ad. I, I want to talk to you about Muggsy Jeans. I so I was on an airplane. Uh, I went to the Iron Bowl, and I actually wore my Muggsy Jeans, same jeans that I wore as an umpire for the Blitz Bowl League. I actually wore my Muggsy Jeans on the plane because they legitimately feel like sweatpants. I like looking good when I go to the airport. I'm kind of, I'm kind of a little old school like that. I don't like looking like a bum rolling up to the airport. I like to, I like to roll around uh, with style, I like to fly with style. And Muggsy Jeans helps me fly with style, look good while also feeling really good as well. So it's officially jean season. So let me introduce you to Muggsy, the only jeans you'll ever want to wear again, not need to wear again, but you also you want to wear again the most damn comfortable denim ever made and designed to fit you perfectly every single time and mugsy is having their biggest sale of the year uh early access black friday sale the entire site will be up to 30 percent off all of your favorites with free shipping and free returns as always this is it this is when holiday legends are made establish yourself as the greatest gift giver in history or treat yourself by heading over to mugsy.com for up to 30% off the entire site full of the most comfortable and best looking jeans, pants, and tops this world has ever seen. That's mugsy.com. No code is needed for up to 30% off your entire order with free shipping and free returns. If you don't like them, experience life-changing comfort with Mugsy. You'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. 
Uh, next question is coming from Olivia. Is there any edges left on the schedule that you think we should even worry a little bit about when going up against Andrew Thomas? Uh, no. Bobby? No. No. Zadarius Smith? No. Not Montez a one. Sweat? Not a one. Hassan Reddick? Not a one. Don't get the flu. <laughs> that, like, I... I'm not I'm worried use about the flu. flu. I'm worried about the flu as a possible edge rusher that could allow that that could possibly sack Daniel Jones. That's what. Well, I'm worried here's about. what I will say: is the guy got the flu at basically the worst possible time because Micah Parsons is really, really good. Like he is the biggest handful as a pass rusher in the NFL right now. Like if you want to argue that Garrett's better, but if there's one pass rusher who's just like a handful of preparing for. It is 100% Micah Parsons. I mean, he is just, his athleticism is unreal. His ability to change direction. Okay. Uh, in games where he has had more pass rush reps than, you know, stack linebacker reps, I, there's a, uh, I, 11 games, 12 sacks, 11 hits, um, 30 plus pressures, you know, 50, 53 in total. That's essentially almost five a game. Uh, in games where he had over 25 pass rush reps, there's seven. 42 total pressures, 10 sacks, 10 QB hits. I mean, the guy is just really freaking good. Christian Darisaw only got to play 10 reps the week before versus uh, uh, the Cowboys before he left with the injury. He had two pressures and 10 pass rush reps. You know how many he has the rest of the season? 10 and 383 pass uh, blocking reps. Micah Parsons is just really, really good. Um, and you pair that with Andrew Thomas being six and sick, and it was just a perfect storm of like this is going. This matchup is going to be a handful for the rest of their careers. Like this is this is Imano Imano. Uh, you know, Thomas won the first game, matched up against him, but it really is because guess what? Parsons can kill you inside, which Thomas protects against the inside, but he has the athleticism. He's one of the few guys in the NFL who's just athletic enough to get around the corner on Thomas. You know, so where Thomas can cheat on the inside versus almost every other pass rusher in the NFL. You can't cheat on on Parsons because he's too athletic. You're not going to be able to wash him around the edge consistently. Um, so, one, Thomas has to be better versus Micah Parsons in the next matchup. Needs to be health, healthy. But Micah Parsons is a freaking handful. Also, the first sack was a bootleg where T- Jones was not able to roll out. So, uh, the PFF credited him with one sack allowed. Tough. Tough. Um yeah, we knew that Parsons was really good, and you know, if we know Andrew Thomas like we know him, he's got you know whenever that schedule comes out next year, he's gonna have that first Dallas matchup circled. I honestly hope it's Week One. You know, Dallas is good, Giants are good. I'm kind of down to bring back Dallas, uh, Dallas, uh, Dallas Giants Week One. Um, put it in Jerry World. I don't care. Um, I- I'm I'm um, sure that Thomas is looking forward to matching up again, and especially with too. that tweet, that bullshit tweet. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I'm so ready for that. It's like, were you were you tweeting that when you had you know, no pressures, no sacks on him week three? Because I think Parsons was sick that game. Were you using Michael Parsons? He seems like a weird dude, by the way. I I hate him now. Like I didn't hate him as much because you know the first two games, uh, you know last year he didn't play edge and he really didn't do anything. The week three game he did some good stuff, but it was mostly like stunting in versus guys like Mark Lewinsky. Now, now my the giant fandom's coming out in me. I hate Michael Parsons, and I want to dominate his ass every like I, I 
every single time we play him, I will be if Andrew yep. Thomas doesn't get beat like that, I will be tweeting at him. I will I will be instigating him, and I will. By time their careers are over, I will get a Micah Parsons reply on Twitter. Like that's how much I hate him. I'm going to instigate that. A modern day John Runyon Michael Strahan dance. How do you like that? The opposite, though. The opposite, because Andrew Thomas is going to dominate the pass rush. Yeah, just love I it. Hope enjoy it, Micah Parsons. Enjoy it, because I promise you, my boy's coming back. Um, in terms of interior- also, so now Andrew Thomas has one sack allowed on in the season, so he's like every other left tackle in the NFL this year. No. Oh. He's human. But in terms of, like, defenders that we're facing for the rest of the season, I'm a little bit more afraid of, like, the interior guys, especially with Washington. We talked about Payne. We talked about Jonathan Allen. Um, Hargrave, uh, Javon Hargrave for Philly is having, like, a really insanely good year, too. He's having, like, a Dexter Lawrence-type year. So, um, interior offensive line's got to hold up. Yeah. All right, next question. All right, next question. This is coming from John at Vanny Fresh 777. Uh, Gary Brightwell was running hard versus the Cowboys, and I think he deserves more carries while Barkley deals with his inner demons. Do you see Mike Kafka mixing Gary Brightwell into the offense more this week? And then, Bobby, you know, kind of in general, how do you uh, improve this running game? So I put this running back run game question in there specifically because it mentioned Gary Brightwell. Um, I... No, I will not be saying we need to get Gary take Saquon Barkley out of the game, put Gary Brightwell in, um, and run the ball. What I will say is go uh, watch the film, the last three plays of the film review, and I went through those Gary Brightwell runs. They were lining Saquon Barkley as wing yeah, back. Can I, can I guess what you're going to say? Yeah. I mean, Saquon Barkley was basically like the decoy used on that play. And if you pause it, I mean, Gary Brightwell, there was a play where he made like a nice cut. But, I mean, there were holes that were wide open that I have not seen Saquon Barkley had the opportunity to run through as big of a hole in that over the last few weeks. So um, Gary Brightwell, I think while he did look explosive, while he did look good on those, you know, those two 10 plus yard runs, I think it was set up by Saquon Barkley also being on the field, being a decoy on that play. Is that where you were going? Absolutely. And, and use misdirection. Give that ball to Saquon sometimes. Use, use what the Giants screwed them against them screws them and use misdirection in a sense if this if if brian david mike kafka you guys want to run the ball and be this run first team which we'll talk about a little later do it well do what the baltimore ravens do remember Mm. when we played the ravens they pulled guys every single play every single run play they pulled guys and this is why having nick gates in the lineup is so significant because he can do that stuff don't be afraid to run behind your left tackle don't always make your 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 all pro left tackle the backside of a run play um Get outside the tackles. Get throw throw a lot of different action at them. You know the the Cowboys did that little fake inside zone speed option to the opposite counter. Run that, steal yep. that, Mike Kafka. Let's make this run game freaking complex. You guys want to be good? Let's. You guys want to run the ball? It's not going to work just running it up the gut. We're getting run blitz to death, and our guys are not good enough to pick that up in zone. Let's let's throw some freaking at, let's keep these linebackers in this D line. Let's put them in hell by making them think every second of every snap. Because guess what? That's going to help with the pass rush too. Let's make let's make this run. Let's. I know it's a lot to ask in the season, but you got a little ten day break. Let's make this run game complex. Let's let's break out that Gary Brightwell wing back, you know, wing T formation. Let's do it in the first and second quarter. Yeah, and I think this is exactly why 
you know, if you do want to go Josh Azudu over Ben Bredesen, this would be the reason why you do it. Um, if you do want to go Nick Gates over John Feliciano, this is exactly the reason why you do it. Um, I've been advocating for more Saquon Barkley, Matt Breida on the field at the same time plays. I think that's the misdirection that you should see. I want Matt Breida going one way pre-snap or at the snap, and then Saquon Barkley going another way. And then a linebacker, you kind of have to make a choice. Am I going to go with Matt Breida, who has momentum under his belt, and he's going to get the ball here? Or is the ball going to be given to Saquon Barkley? And my eyes got to stay committed there. Um, The Lions and the Giants opponents have really made me appreciate and just love Mixed misdirection in the running game. You have offense alignment flowing one way, and then the ball's going the other way. Um, it, it is eye candy. It is things that you need to be disciplined with, and I don't think most NFL defenses are disciplined right now in terms of defending the run since defending the pass is the number one priority in the NFL. It is the number one priority for an NFL defense. So um, if this, like you said, and I'm going to kind of rephrase it in a, in a different way, if this Giants offense is going to solely survive on their running game, and they're only going to be successful if the running game is good, and it's going to sink when it's bad, then you have to make it complex, and you have to make it diverse, because odds are against these defenses that you have coming up, against Minnesota, against the Colts, against Washington, you are not going to win mano a mano against these guys. you got to introduce some different stuff. you got to get some guys into space. And is Saquon contributing... To some of the bad run game the last couple weeks, yeah, yeah, he's doing a little bit of dancing. Some of those da- those dancing shoes have come back on a little bit. Is he running through guys the way he was other season? Yeah, but he's also been like it's been bad up front too, which which that always brings out the worst in Saquon Barkley, which can be a a bigger Saquon Barkley topic to, in discussion in general. But when Saquon Barkley's in space, that's when he's his best. So let's figure out ways to do the best that we can with him right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah, let, uh, let me... Um, yeah, talk about something really quick. No, You know, let me... T- let's give them something to talk about. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. It is my go-to when betting on NFL this NFL season. Uh, the Gi- Start betting on the Giants again. People, now the, the tires are changing. Start betting on the Giants again. Commanders were, Commanders going down. Down, down, down. Commanders going down. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. I do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app now, place the same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win. Big, big ocean water. Um, so bet the Giants this week, bet basketball, don't bet on the Nets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code JOHNBOY, place a $5 bet on an NFL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code JOHNBOY. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Next question. You'll be glad Next you question. did. Next question. You'll be glad you did. I'm really passionate about this question. I'm really glad that uh, Michael Rossi, thank you for asking it. I uh, hope to see you at the Commanders game this Sunday. Mike Ross, 56. Does the way that Dabes slash Kafka call this offense in any way vindicate 
Joe Judge, and Jason Garrett. I know that the actual play designs and motion are much better. Nonetheless, the way the games are called in a broad sense seem to be the same, and the previous regime rarely had Saquon Barkley. Um, sounds like you got a lot to say on this. Absolutely not, because guess what, what was, Justin, what was our biggest issue with Jason Garrett? Well, um, couldn't play score design. points. Oh, design. Uh, the route concepts didn't work off of each other. Nothing flowed, nothing set anything up. They never put defenders in conflicts, they never tested defenders, it was all isolation routes. And they were not even downfield isolation routes, they were quick, short isolation routes. So nothing ever worked together. Oh, and by um, the way, by the way... Uh, what route has been the most successful route that Mike Kafka has called on a dropback passing, th- like, third down situation? Curl. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> That's funny because that was Garrett Staple, and he couldn't even run that right. So so issue, so I'm, I'm going to go off issues that like I had with Garrett that I don't have with this coaching staff. Again, the the play design. The Chiefs, not the Chiefs, the Giants play design with Kafka and Dable are good. They are good. With Judge or with Judge and Garrett, it was not. It was all short isolation routes, you know, the stick concepts. It was their bread and butter teams sat on it, and they never put defenders in conflict. And and the Dallas, and God, why do I keep re- 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 referring to their former teams? The Garrett offense, they did not clear out spe- space. And this Giants offense, now they clear out space. Um, Third downs. How many times did we on third and short we'd throw throw the stick short of the sticks, and then in third and long we'd almost give up under Jason Garrett. Nope, not in this offense. We don't give up on third down in this offense. Um, also, it sounds, but they had better wide receiver talent under they did yes. Jason Garrett than they do now. Like they had they had better wide receiver talent than they did uh, they did now. Um, I hated I hated Golden Tate. I'd for sure take a. Uh, you should 20- have, you should have appreciated Golden Tate like I did. Yeah, I'd for sure take a 2019-2020 Golden Tate on this team right now. Yeah, don't you? You don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> Paid paradise. You put up a parking lot. Um, so yeah, that I mean that I mean, absolutely not. Like yeah, the, so they're running with Saquon Barkley because it works well. Well, guess what? They didn't. Yeah, they didn't have Saquon Barkley. Like they, their their run game was the best thing about Jason Garrett in 2020, like when they're and the revamping of the run game, and that was the Joe Judge driven thing. Where the after that first six weeks of the season, remember they could not run the ball at all, like Correct. it was impossible. And then Jason Joe Judge came in and added more gap running to this uh to it, and and adding some like elements of the Patriots run offense that you know. Jason Garrett and Mark Clumbo just thought like, oh, this is Dallas Cowboys O-line. We could just run zone and be better than people and run right. a couple counters and we're going to dominate guys up front. You weren't going to do that with that team. So, And it's um, ironic that, again, Brian Dable and Mike Kafka have come from these pass-happy offenses, yet you know, they're, they've they been able to run the ball well. Obviously, we're asking for a little bit more creativity now, now that it hasn't been working the well, last few weeks, but... They have brought the creativity to the, you know, to the running game and to the running offense and being successful in multiple ways. And also, we, you know, if you're perfect in this offense, it looks a lot better for Daniel Jones. If you're perfect uh, in the Jason Garrett offense, it's like it's not, it's not, it's still not very fun. Um, now, there's other things. There is gripes that we'll talk about in the next question, but 
people get caught up in like my pet. I don't think we were ever. I'm sure there were times, but Matt in a big picture, I was never like, ah, oh, the Joe Judge Jason Garrett pass run ratio really bothered me. It was always about the 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 style of play, the playbook. Yeah, I think 2020 maybe it was a little bit of a bother, but 2021 one of the one of the weird things about the Giants' offense is that they were one of the you know they were one of the teams that threw the ball a lot on early downs. It just it just didn't go anywhere. It was not efficient. Um, you know, routes didn't build off of each other. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Like you know, like Bobby said. I mean, I'm the I really uh, took a dive into Cowboys all all twenty two Giants offense specific Cowboys all twenty two because I have six plays and Julian and I are kind of working on this video right now where I really want to identify exactly how. Like Richie James is running a route here and he is clearing out. He's taking out this safety and it opens up Isaiah Hodgins running a crossing pattern over the middle of the field, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Isaiah Hodgins runs something and opens up Lawrence Cager. Um, you know, all these different things where I feel like it isn't even some of these big plays and some of these, you know, little, little chunk plays that we've seen on offense for the Giants this year, especially with these play action rollouts and these boots. It's not even like, you need good players to run this. It's just the scheme. It's just these play calls that are getting these players in space, and it's doing enough to kind of keep this Giants offense afloat at times. It's just not enough. So um, th- that's that's been the impressive thing that, I, that Kafka does deserve more credit for, that I don't even feel like, you know, asking Richie James to just clear guys and clear space for somebody running across over the middle of the field that doesn't take like talent. It just takes a good coordinator, a play, good play caller, and I don't think Kafka and Dable have been getting enough credit for that recently. And they've just been more horizontal based than vertical, um, which we're going to talk about the next question, which is a, a gripe I have with the offense. Yeah, it is. It is a gripe, but also the results are vastly different too. Where we're 18th in points per drive, we're 11th in red zone percentage. And we're twenty, and we're overall the twenty-second scoring offense. I do think those numbers have gotten worse through these last couple of weeks. Like you know, when we were seven and two, I think we're a little bit better in points per drive. I think we're higher. In, you you keep track of scoring offense every week, right? Yeah, we were at our best sixteenth, uh, I believe. Sixteenth uh, average. I mean, what 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 were we asking for this year? I was asking for average. I wasn't asking for above average. I was asking for average. So it's kind of crazy, and I mean, especially red zone percentage too. That we're still you know slightly out of the top ten in red zone percentage, even with this little even with this little uh, you know losing losing After streak being that like we're on. Dead last in red zone percentage. Yeah. So even though we're going to talk about explosive plays next, even though there's kind of a lot that's wrong with this offense, you just look at the key factors of scoring in the red zone and just scoring points in general, two things that we could not do do over the last two years, the Giants are doing it now. And that's the biggest key in stat. Also All not right. giving up on third down. All right, let's go. Not not giving up on – yeah, it keeps drives alive and it, it put, puts points on the board. Uh, Mark Brewer and Doug Analytics, uh, they have two questions together. Uh, Mark Brewer, I saw Justin posted about explosive plays and how we, again, are not hitting them at a good rate. Knowing our limitations with the wide receiver and the offensive line, what adjustments can be made to allow for more explosive plays? And then Doug Analytics, at Doug underscore Analytics, he asked, how detrimental is it that our explosive offense is either Darius Slayton 
or bust. Daniel Jones has the sixth lowest intended average air yards at 6.7 yards, while Darius Slayton has the ninth average, ninth highest average left to target with at least 40 target targets, 13.1. I have a question for you. Yeah. Daniel Jones this year has 15 uh, 20 plus deep attempts in 11 games. Mm-hmm. You can have a, you have a margin error of two. How many deep attempts did he have to Darius Slayton in 2019 in 12 games? In 2019 in 12 games? Yeah. I'm going to guess 29. That's a lot. 17. But in 12 in 12 games in 2019, Darius Slayton had more deep attempt targets than Daniel Jones just has in all deep attempt targets in 2022. He is having his lowest deep target uh, percentage of his career. This year, it's 4.7%. Last year, it was 6.6%. 2020, it was 9.6%. And then 2019, his rookie, it was 12%. Uh, uh, even though he is having a career high in the 10 to 20 yard range, which I think we talk about difference between Kafka and Garrett. So here's the issue. Is they have no number two threat to beat them deep. It's only Slayton. Like like Doug Analytics said, like Hodgins is not a deep threat. You know, you talk about back shoulders, but that's not a deep threat. But here's what I will say: is guess what? Just because Slayton's your only deep threat doesn't mean you can't keep throwing us on deep. Correct. Like he's he's not getting doubled over the top. Like just keep doing it. Like like what you did versus the Cowboys, just keep doing it. Like he doesn't need to beat. It, just keep doing that. Run it. Run shallow cross with two outside of deep throws on the outside. And guess what? If the safety starts shading over. Let's toss a couple. Let's maybe let's toss a couple back shoulders uh, at Isaiah Hodgins or Kenny Galladay. Let's let's just test and see if Marcus Johnson could get past the cornerback. Do it because it creates points. Created seven points on Thursday versus the Dallas Cowboys. That's how you create points. So need, add more to this. Add more to this. Created points against the Cowboys. It created points against the Jaguars. It created points against the Bears. It was the back and forth that I had on Sunday when when talking about, well, how much is it? Is it Jones? How much is it the O-line? How much is it the wide receivers? And I kind of just came to the realization of, listen, you don't, you can like it or you cannot like it. Darius Slayton is this year's wide receiver one. And Darius Slayton has done more than I think even what this coaching staff could think that he could do this year. You know, where he's having career best in a lot of categories, especially the most important one being, you know, catch rate while having uh, his yards per com- his yards per completion and average up to target being so high. Embrace Darius Slayton as your wide receiver one, because if you don't do it, then the offense is going to continue to struggle like it is right now. Not saying that he deserves 12 targets a game, but embrace Darius Slayton as your wide receiver one in a run heavy offense. Also run four verts. We got to, we face all this single high coverage. We haven't run four verts like one time. Yeah, the, all these teams run these single high coverage. I know they everyone runs man match nowadays. You know the Bill Belichick Nick Saban defense, but they're not teams are keying in. You can do it out of play action. Like t- like start let's start testing teams. Let's make sure let's make sure that they're actually going to cover us deep if we send more than one guy deep or two guys deep on the sidelines. Like let's, let's, Lawrence, let's, I could see Lawrence Cager being a mismatch in four verts. Um, as a tight end. Seriously, like four verts is a play where it's like it sounds stupid because we all ran in and Madden as kids, but it's like it actually works. Okay, and then if if they cover it really well, you put Saquon Barkley on a flare out out to the sideline if they run man match, and he should win that matchup. So so let's let's start testing it out a little bit because 
you know what? If this running game is not going to work, we're going to have to win games somehow. And yep. it's going it's to have to be through creating big plays in the passing game. And Daniel Jones, year after year, has been good in that category. Yeah. Throwing the ball downfield. And it's not simply just because lack of attempts. Where So it's like they're making the most out of their little bit of attempts. Um, like, it, it helps. Washington, Min- Washington, Minnesota, and Indianapolis are all suspect, uh, and they can be had through the air. Um, it's their run defenses that are good. So um, we've been talking about a lot of our opponents this year that they're good against that they're bad against the run, and we should be able to run the ball. Well, we have some some opponents coming up, including this Sunday, where throwing the ball will be an option if the Giants kind of want to commit to it and kind of want to utilize it. So. Giants versus the world. Put a talking in front of there. Giants versus the world, 7-4 at NYG underscore Survivor. Based on what you've seen from Wink this season, how do you expect him to adjust and key on to players like Terry McLaurin, uh, Samuel, and Dotson with the obvious injuries at cornerback? I don't like the idea that Wink didn't adjust at all in the Cowboys game. I think he did. You know, they ran too high 23% of the time. Uh, this past game versus Dallas, uh, which is more more than they usually do. Um, in fact, I thought the best they ran. So they talk about oh they didn't really run a lot of cover zero this year. They th- used the threat of cover zero, um, and then back guys out and you know try and get you know un- simulated pressure. This game they ran cover zero five times. They hadn't ran it even ten times all season long. But guess what, Justin? They ran it out of regular formations. Where is we blitz we blitz the nickel we blitz the Mike linebacker from his position and then we have the safety covering the the slot from deep and doing cover zero but not giving you the obvious cover zero looks like they did at the end of the Packers game when they were tipping the ball up versus Aaron Rodgers, um, so they did that and that led to good stuff okay and they ran like cover two man like two high safeties cover two man you know they got two interceptions out of two high coverages uh, this past week and then. You know, the the touchdown to Dalton Schultz, they basically triple team CeeDee Lamb on that. Like, they put two safeties high. I remember being like, where's the other safety? They were had darn it homes and man on CeeDee Lamb, and then they had the safeties basically. It was basically a triple team of CeeDee Lamb because they like, they love to go to CeeDee Lamb on third and long, and they did it all game, not even successfully. And then Dalton Schultz just runs a great route versus Nick McLeod um, and beats him. So... They're not going to change totally change what they do because I think this defense is going to get beat if they sit back in the zone too. Um, so I do think there's made changes. It's not going to change his whole identity, but I do think Wink ha- adjusted in this Dallas game. I think Rodarius Williams played kind of well too. Yeah, he did play well. Like he he was like actually fairly well. This credit to Jerome Henderson, man. They have gotten the best out of some suspect guys. Yeah, we didn't talk enough about that interception on Sunday, granted, in a loss. And by the time that we talk about the defense, we're kind of we're kind of done. <laughs> we're kind of done with the show. Um, but yeah, no credit to Rodarius Williams for kind of breaking on that football um, during that uh, that first interception on Sunday. It was against C.D. Lamb too that he that he got that interception. You know, got that, got that the feet Gallup. down. Oh, it was Gallup, excuse me. Well, Gallup was having a you know Calvin John uh, Calvin Johnson first. Yeah, half, so. Gallup also had like some great plays on third like on third downs that converted drives. You know, there's a phantom Darnay Holmes holding that converted a drive. You know, and uh, kept the drive going. Like I I don't walk away from that Cowboys game and be like man Wink really blew it. I look like hey they made some key play- plays. The offense didn't help him a ton in the second half. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, so. I get the critique of playing coverage. Well, you know, that's that's easy. It's easier easier said than done. I saw that a ton on Twitter this week. I want Wink to play more coverage. Well, what does that mean? So, you, what you do you sit this team that? back and and just like and and zone all day, and I still think I think it almost kind of hurts these corners the way that this defense has been built. You, it's you can't just totally change your identity midseason. You can yeah. you can add more of it, which they did. Like I said, they ran two high coverages 23% of the time. They also don't really have the safeties to play too high either with Xavier McKinney out. Right. Like if Xavier McKinney was here, yeah, you could put Love as that other split safety or Pinnock as the other split safety. But you run too many too high coverages, we're actually going to start getting beat deep because teams are going to test them and make sure they're playing their responsibilities well. They're going to put them in conflict. So uh, I, I'm, I'm for it. I, I, I'm fine with what Wink's doing. And I think he did make good adjustments. Uh, versus the Cowboys. They only ran cover one 20% of the time in pass plays. Usually that number is about 40 to 50%. And the rest are like cover three with a, cover, a couple other uh, coverages thrown in. So um, I, th- I thought it was fine. Why don't you read an ad? We'll skip the next question and then we'll finish it off. All right. Yeah, I think we'll talk about that on the the preview pod, right? Bellinger helps a lot. And I think we've talked about it a lot. Sorry, Giants future. We had your question in there. But... Be- Simple, two-way tight end out of out of eleven personnel, one tight end formations, and and a, and a second two-way tight end or second blocking tight end and two tight end formations will help the run game. It'll help defenses not key in on stuff. So yes, Daniel Bellinger will help a lot, and he's he's young. So I want Daniel Bellinger back. Sorry, Giants future, we're we're crunched for time. No, like I said, I think we'll even talk about that on Friday too. We'll talk about some of these guys returning and what that means. All right, let's talk about Manscaped. We do have one question left, so don't leave yet. It's never and too early. And we're going to roast a Giants employee in it. Oh, boy. A Giants employee that I can, when when this Giants employee typed out this response, I could hear it exactly in the cadence that he would say <laughs> in his voice. <laughs> oh, boy. It's never too early to start playing that uh, holiday music, or as Bobby likes to call it, the devil music. And it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. Whether it's for a gift or for the friends in your pants, you can make this a season to be jolly with Manscaped. Look nice when you get naughty by going to manscaped.com slash giants for free shipping and 20% off. You can get the Platinum Package 4.0. This Platinum Package includes the Performance Package Plus Ultra Premium Body Wash, Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, and Ultra Premium deodorant you got to take like a breath before you start reading all these products that manscaped offers because there's just so much including the crop reserver ball deodorant crop reviver ball toner they can solve your stank problems get 20 percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash giants that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com slash giants manscaped get your jingle balls ready for the holidays you'll be glad you did the final question is coming from javi a he asks, what's your take on this? And he's asking your take on a Lance Meadow tweet in response of Adoree Jackson returning punts. Yep, the Steelers used Antonio Brown as their main return man for many seasons. The fact that Mike Tomlin wasn't locked up for such a criminal act is egregious. I can't believe he had the audacity of using one of his skilled position active players. Hey, dumbass. Did you ever did you remember that Antonio Brown was an offensive player who's used to being tackled? Hey dumbass, did you remember that Antonio Brown doesn't have an, uh, didn't have a history of getting injured every single game? 
Hey, did you realize that Antonio Brown going down wouldn't totally hamper the Steelers' offense? Like, Dory Jackson hampers the Giants' defense? Did you did you leave out that Antonio Brown had like four touchdowns returning punts in four years, while Adore Jackson has never really did anything close to that in Tennessee? Awesome, it was great in USC. How come you didn't? How come? So if Adore Jackson is all this great punt returner, how come he didn't do it in the starter season? Why come Richie James was was signed to do that? I can, I can't stand that dude. Just have one opinion that goes against what Giants like. And just admit it. It was a stupid decision to put Adore Jackson back there. There was no, the reward of it was nowhere near close to the risk. Shut up. I'm trying not to do the voice. I can't even do the voice. It's so bad. I don't, I want to do it. I'm not going to do it though. That's mean. I can't do it. All right, the fact that Mike episode. Tomlin wasn't locked up for such a criminal act is egregious. You have to say, see, that wasn't the voice. But that was the cadence, and you got to say it that fast. You I can gotta hear have it a, in my voice. I could hear it. You could hear it in your voice. I can, or I hear, can it hear it in, in his voice. I can't say it, though. I could hear it in my head very clearly. But if you're on radio, you have to have a certain cadence. Like, I think I have that radio cadence where if I want to talk fast, I'll talk fast. I've listened to myself talk on one and a half speed before, before on podcasts, and it's a lot tougher than listening to you on one and a half speed. It's like, Word. slow down. Listen to that on one and a half speed. Um, all right, that's a mailbag. We'll be back on Friday with a preview pod of the Washington Command. I don't know if I'm calling them Washington. I'm, I think as we're getting closer, I'm starting to get used to calling them the Commanders. Um, I will be up in Jersey for it, so come out. Uh, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.